So it's Christmas morning, and uh, your son comes scampering down the stairs to see what Santa has left under the tree. And among the Red Rider BB gun and the bottle of malt liquor, there's a, there's a box. And in this box, there's a scratching inside. And what's inside that box? But a brand new puppy. Slight whimpering. <laughs> a whimpering scratching. Yep. Brand new puppy in the box. And everybody's super excited because you got a brand new puppy dog for Christmas and he's so cute and puppy breath and he's so sweet and you keep opening your presents and he takes a shit on the floor. And then the reality sits in. Welcome to the puppy world. <laughs> oh sets my God, in. what did we do? Is my grammar wrong? Yes. Sets in. It's not sits in, it sets in. So do pets make good Christmas gifts? We will explore that later among other things. So I want to welcome you all to episode 21 of TDI Live, the Christmas edition. I'm Matt. And I'm Bill. And I'm Heather. And here we are on a wonderful Monday morning, December 23rd, entertaining you. So, what's new in the world of tie-dyed iguana? Well, we have, um, I want to say, more or less wrapped up the Christmas season. We obviously haven't. Um, we have today, uh, the 23rd. Now, if you're listening to this, hey, when are we releasing this? Christmas Day? I'm going to release it. I'm going to release it on Christmas. Okay, yeah. so if you're listening to this, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, happy hump day. <laughs> <laughs> happy middle of the week for you happy hanukkah yeah um hanukkah's over isn't it no it's like for eight days oh yeah i think it started yesterday is it how many nights is it i think it's eight are they crazy nights i don't know can you say it like this eight crazy nights eight crazy nights and you think you're the know. only kid in town without a christmas tree Nobody? You guys aren't with me on this? I've seen well, a movie called Eight Crazy Nights. Here's a list of people who are Jewish. Just like Bill and me. You guys suck. I don't, Sammy Davis Come Jews. On. No, Sammy I know, the, I know the, the movie, but I don't remember all the songs. Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, I need energy. All right, so uh, anyway, <laughs> what's new in the world of tie-dyed iguana? Um, it's been a, a pretty interesting Christmas season. Usually we're like really slow at the beginning of December, and then it gets really busy like a week ago. But uh, we were never really slow this month. It was consistent all month. It's been very busy these last two weeks and weekends. Um, geez, I feel like our receiving area hasn't emptied until now. I mean, it's been nuts. Oh, it was packed. Yeah, it's just been... Yeah, I mean, all the deliveries for Christmas. We had two reptile shows this month. We did Show Me Snakes Springfield and Show Me Snakes St. Louis. Um, hella new product. I was going through, um, we get a backup report from our online backup, and, uh, I think we added, like, just last week alone, 63 new products, I think I added. Whoa. It was that <laughs> freaking spinning rack of plant supports. Oh my god. That was misery. <laughs> that took you two days to sell. Yeah, that was terrible. And, um, I just added a few more new things for this week. We have, um, you know, we've got the Aquion line of LED lights in. They're, what are they called? They're OptiBright and they're OptiBright Max, I think. Something like that. Yeah, and then there's another line that I ordered, which it's basically the whole hood that fits right on top of the tank. So it's the hood with the LED built in. So, yeah. um, 
the reason we're moving into so much Aquion, if I haven't mentioned it before, um, Aquion has a deal where if we carry X amount of their product, we qualify for their tiered tank pricing program. What that means to you is we can now offer the dollar a gallon sale when Petco and PetSmart does. Booyah. So how, how high, do, I mean, what size tank is that up to? Um, you know, I don't know. That's I thought a good it was question. 20 gallons. Was no, the they largest. do it on 40 breeders oh, do they? over there. Okay. I don't know if it goes any higher than that. Um, we're still, I'm still waiting for them to get that, uh, the, the, they call it a matrix. They have to get the yeah. matrix installed on our account. Um, they're kind of taking their time doing it, but they're auditing our account right now to make sure that we have everything that we need. Right. Because uh, we've got a, a pretty heavy representation of Aquion in the store yeah. now. Yeah. Which, uh, honestly, the product's not that, it's really not bad. I like it. Yeah. I mean, um, there's something that I'm okay with. Some of the things, eh, I like other other products over have there. Have you seen but... the um, the bio ball things, like little biological, it's like I... the water conditioner balls? Yeah, it's uh, basically to cycle your tank. It's just a ball that and sounds, you just drop it in. Yeah, it's the, those sound really interesting. I'd like to I'd like to try those. Well, they're coming in this week. Um, we had gotten some samples that Eric used on right. our tanks. Yeah. And he said they worked phenomenally. And the beauty of it, is that it takes the guesswork out of it. You literally just, yeah. it's one ball per 10 gallons of water. You just drop it in, yeah. Yeah, yep. you just drop and it, it in and it slowly dissolves. dissolves. It kind of looks like those little, it's almost like cricket water. It's like those little gel balls that like mm-hmm. you would put in floral arrangements. Yeah. But it's biological enzymes. Yeah. Bacteria. And it's specific for freshwater only. Yeah. Like the other stuff we have cycle, you know, to cycle aquariums with, um, it's for fresh or salt water. Yeah. So it's limited on, you know, like some of the, beneficial you know bacteria and stuff for fresh water because they use you know bacteria that is compatible with fresh and salt water so yeah there's there's not quite as many uh strains in the freshwater salt water as the specific freshwater so this week we got the new leds coming in or the third line of leds we've got the they call them pure pure bacteria i think that's coming in um, I ordered some of the really large, like, filter pads that you can cut to size. There's a carbon, uh, an ammonia remover, and a phosphate remover pad. It's 10 inches by 18 inches. Is those poly pads? It's some. It's just like a big square, and I guess you can just cut it. I don't oh. know. Uh, Eric said when he worked at Nemo's back in the day, that was a real hot thing. People like to we, buy them and cut them down. Yeah, poly pads are kind of like that. It sounds similar. It might be. I don't know anything about fish, man. Yeah. It's funny, like... So those of you uh, listening, um, the way the only reason we have fish in our store was because of a former, well, a current sales rep actually now of mine. His name was Chris, and he was um, the Hagen sales rep. Hagen is the parent company of Exoterra and Fluval. And um, I was dead set, like, we are going to be reptiles only until the end of time. And every time he came in, he's like, you should get into fish, you should get into fish. And so he convinced me to start with just, like, a few betas. And um, next thing you know, we're carrying some fish, and it's actually been a lot of fun and it's a really popular line here yep and then he ended up leaving hagen and moved over to um basically our aquion sales rep hence all the aquion product coming in yeah but he's a he's a super solid guy he's um i would say definitely been a key component of the um you know the continued growth of what we do at tie-dye as far as like new product offerings and whatnot um and he's a friend so cool dude but um so yeah i guess that's really what's new is just more new product and after this week I think the only thing left, there's a Hakari gel food that the staff is going apeshit for. I know yeah. Eric and Tyler have been having me special order it. Well, Ty- Eric had brought some back from one of the shows. From Super uh, Yeah, and he had samples, and yeah, and then Tyler used some of it. Tyler really likes it. And I've never used it, but... Well, we've definitely got 
in our pelleted food arena stuff that doesn't really move yeah. um, that I, I can and will discontinue um, to make room for the Hikari line. And then I happen to have, ironically, space for one more four-foot shelf um, near our fish food. So need to find something else to bring in over there. That pro food we have, that Aquion pro food, I can put a shelf right above that. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I think we're finally done with new product for a while. And um, you know, we got some new team members coming on. We've got uh, Madison. She actually came in this last Saturday for some training, but she officially starts January 3rd. And then we have Alec. Uh, he comes to us. Um, well, Madison comes from Home Depot. And Alec comes from, I guess, technically the Denver Zoo. Um, he's doing an internship at Sa- internship. Internship, <laughs> an internship at St. Louis Zoo right now, but he's coming on full time um, January second. Then Madison comes on part time January fourth, and then we will be potentially looking for another part time salesperson. So we'll be going back out and hitting our resumes at that point and see what we got. <sighs> but yeah, man, it's been a wild ride this year. I don't know what you guys think. I guess I can't make this a year wrap up. We've got what one more podcast to yep. wrap up the year. So who knows what will happen in the next seven days? Yeah. So. That's what's going on in TDI. Do you guys have anything new in your departments? Nope. Nothing. Nope. Cool. So, Heather? Nothing at all. You've got a story for us. Yep. It's Christmas-themed. It's a Christmas-themed reptile news story. So, in Brisbane, Australia, uh, this uh, couple, they they, uh, found that uh, they had a Christmas tree outside. A little Christmas tree. It's not one of their ones inside. But they found a 10-foot python wrapped around this little Christmas tree they had outside. And they think it's because uh, they usually get uh, birds that come to their uh, outside porch or whatever. And so uh, they have a feeling that this python was kind of staking it out to maybe get something to eat. I think maybe it was sizing up the tree see if it could eat it. Probably. <laughs> no, not the tree. It was probably there for the birds. You gotta listen to last week's episode for that reference, guys. Yeah. So, they go outside, like, were they, like, trying to bring this Christmas tree inside, or were they just, like, No, it was Christmas a, de- it was a little small, decorative, uh, decorative. Christmas. Decorative. Decorative? Christmas. Decorative, I hey, guess you could that's say. okay, we got each other, you know, I Decor- have yeah. proper grammar. Yeah. And... <laughs> it's a decor and a decorative combined into no, one. Decorative. It, it I like decorative. decorative. It was a little small tree, and they had it just sitting outside. And <laughs> it's for decoration mm-hmm. instead of decoration. Sorry, I'm stuck. How on the cool words. would that be to go outside your house and have a ten foot python in your outside Christmas tree? I think that would be badass. Well, especially if it was a little tree, that'd be kind of wild. Does it yeah. say what kind of python it was? Um, we looked at it, and we think it's like a centralian, like what? Like they a brettles. Oh, okay. It kind of yeah. looks like a brettles, but I think it's a little bit. Different. Those snakes are cool as hell. We had, yeah. did we have a we, pair or a trio for We a had a couple. We had a few of we them. We never bred them, though, did we? No. I think we sold them before yeah. they got of size. But I know we had babies for a while. They're like a they're like a carpet python. Well, they are carpet pythons. Kind of a reddish yeah, colored red. carpet python. Yeah. yeah. Huh. We should try to get some of those again just to sell. Yeah. They're freaking BA. Mm-hmm. So what would you do if you went outside and found a 10-foot Brettles python wrapped up in your Christmas tree? Oh, Lord. I would take a picture and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably do the same. They're not particularly aggressive, but... Well, here you wouldn't find one because it's too cold. But yeah. a 10-foot Brettles would F you up if it bit you. I mean, you'd feel oh, it. I imagine. Didn't yeah, you, you get bit by our Brettles? No, I got bit by Maclots. Oh, that was even better. Yeah, that, that <laughs> one hung on. and yeah. yeah. I think I remember that happening. I, there was blood all over the place. So Maclots pythons have actually been available recently on lists. Back in the day, we used to retail them for 40 bucks for babies. 
and because uh, they were like wild caught, you know, yeah. just cheap snakes. And um, nowadays, though, God, I think they're having. I think they have captive bred babies for two fifty. Because we get Sabus. Yeah, we have the Sabus that nobody's ever seen because we keep them in a closet in the back. Yeah, <laughs> we keep those in Bill's room. Yeah, reminds me of that. <laughs> Sorry, it's a Friday reference. Like every time I think, I about should it, the video bike. record them. Yeah, you should. You should do a feature on them, the ringed pythons. You did. You did a feeding. On the um, Sabus? Yeah, the female Sabu. Oh. Oh. I, oh. Uh, I think that that was probably when I did a that video was for snake decoration. Ring. Yeah, you'd, you'd film me feeding, like, the, the Bismarck rings, and then I think on the same video, um, I fed the female Sabu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was contemplating getting rid of those snakes to a potential interested buyer but he wants me to name a price and i don't know man yeah. i don't even mm-hmm. know what they're worth i think so. they're worth, I know they're a, worth a lot a more penny. than they were well the ring pythons i bought those as babies in tinley years ago i think i paid 125 per 2009 snake. and i want to say they're like a grand a baby they're grand now. a piece now yeah, yeah. whoa <laughs> yeah i had actually a while years ago not years ago maybe two years ago i tried to sell off the pair of rings for four grand and um the person I talked to wasn't interested, which surprised me. But uh, yeah, you know, two grand a snake, but and they produced for us. We've gotten eggs out of them, but yeah, haven't got them. Cash. Well, and the thing is, we we don't have a place to put the male to separate them. Yeah, uh, since we got rid of a lot of our bigger cages, um, and then the other cages that we have, we either have boarding or we have oh. some long term stuff that hasn't gone out for sale yet. But um, <clears throat> so ten foot pythons and a Christmas tree. Yeah. That would have been even cooler if the tree was inside. And they yeah. somehow got it in without knowing that. I remember there was a story of, uh, I think here in the U.S., somebody had a Christmas tree they brought inside. They, you know, they'd gone to a Christmas tree farm and, you know, chopped it down and brought it home. They found an owl in it. Yeah, I saw something similar <laughs> happen in Chevy Chase's house. It was a squirrel. It was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas uh, vacation. Right? So I think that kind of gives us a good segue to move on to our um, reptile myth, if you want to call it that, of the week. And the myth is this. A new pet reptile or amphibian makes a great surprise gift for Christmas. I think the key word there is surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I included it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why that word is there. There is no accident that the word surprise is here. So, um, you know, I, I opened up the podcast with a story about getting the brand new puppy dog and you hear about those sorts of things, and pets are awesome, obviously. We're all in the pet trade here, and, you know, it's our living. But um, sometimes surprising somebody with a live animal is just the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a live animal. Um, you know, let's, let's take a tortoise as an example. You know, it might live 80 years. So, mm-hmm. surprise, here's for yeah. the rest of your life. Yep. Have a tortoise yep. that you now have to take care of. So I've always, like, when um, when I was working the sales floor and people would come in here to do that, I always discouraged buying as a surprise. I'd be like, look, you know, maybe get a gift card. Um, you know, bring the person. And you got to let them know to some degree that mm-hmm. you're planning on, like, <laughs> blessing them <Yeah. laughs> right. with a live animal. <laughs> Have you guys ever got a live animal as a surprise gift? Uh, no. No? Uh-uh. Yeah, me either. What would you do? Well, you guys would probably be cool with it. Cause... It depends on what it was. Yeah, yeah, it depends. Like, if it was a cat, I would say, eh. Yeah. Get it out of here. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, God. 
because you don't even know. Like if you get yeah, it's like, somebody okay. it's a surprise, you don't know if they really want it or not. And then they're like, oh. And it's like, okay, great. Now I got to go geez. out and buy all this stuff for this animal, buy food and all mm-hmm. this. Other yeah, it's stuff very and... expensive. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've seen that. I see it more backfire, not necessarily over Christmas, but birthdays. It's when someone wants to get a surprise pet reptile for someone's birthday. And I'm like, man, you need to bring that kid in here. Or it's even worse. It's like an aunt or an uncle. And so it doesn't yeah. even have to be in their house, you know? I'm like, you got to talk to mom and dad, make sure they're good with it. Mm-hmm. Because with us in particular, um, we have a lot of stipulations on returning a live animal. Um, it's a live animal. It's not a piece of hardware or product. Right. So, yeah. you know, we do accept returns, but we charge a 50% restocking fee right from the get-go. And um, that's not an effort to screw people out of their money, but we don't know what's happening to the animal once it leaves. It's, right. Is it being taken care of? Was it left in the car? Is it being fed properly? I mean... Right. It leaves here in good shape, but it could come back with a marble in its stomach for all we know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we need to be able to like protect ourselves. And then we really want to discourage that because a, a live animal is a commitment for the rest of its life. And, um, you know, it's not something that you buy when it's convenient and then you're just like, oh, I'm done with it. Yeah. Yep. And that tends to be the mentality, what, with like green iguanas and big snakes. And, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah green temp- iguanas. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Once they get big and they start getting a little difficult to manage, and it's like, oh, okay, like, well, oh, I'll just trade no, it in. I don't want it. Yeah, anymore. you basically need like a whole custom enclosure or room for a green iguana. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a large snake, you know. So, yeah. I think that this reptile myth is definitely a matter of opinion, but in my opinion, no living animal is a great surprise gift. Right. Can be a fantastic gift if the person yes. is in the market. Yeah. So, no surprises. All right. It's time. It's my Bruce Buffer. <laughs> it's time for Conspiracies, Theories, and Mysteries. So, we didn't really have a solid one for today, but uh, as uh, Heather and I were kind of talking a little bit ago, it was like, you know, Christmas time um, obviously is associated with like family and cheer and warmth. But um, Christmas time actually historically um, is associated with um, some more negative things. You, know, you got Krampus uh, and then ghosts. Ghost yes. stories are very popular. Um, you know, things are dead during this season, very dead. Um, part of you know, the Christmas or Yule celebration, depending where you come from, um, is to bring light back into our lives. Uh, hence Christmas lights. That's where those come from. Do you guys know that? No. Yeah, it was to bring light you know, back into our lives during the darkest part of the year. So. Mm-hmm. Um, which is over yeah which is over we are now in the light part I could tell I got an extra minute of light today like I woke up this morning and I was like holy crap it's light so early and it was (laughs) 60 more seconds yeah so sunrise today was 714 tomorrow it should be 713 so what are you going to do with your extra minute Heather I don't know no you haven't thought about it yet I know it's so much time you really got to plan it I was here I guess right at sunrise yeah 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 um, so anyway, um, I wanted to talk about ghosts and the paranormal as a whole. And I'm really curious about Bill because we know <laughs> Bill's got some opinions. Um, so shoot, I'll, I'll start with you, Bill. What are, what are your thoughts on ghosts, paranormal, poltergeist, the whole nine yards? Mm. Do you believe? Do you not believe? I, no, I think there is something and it goes back to the, um, the demonic entity type thing. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, you think ghosts are demons um i they possibly could be oh but from what from all i did not expect this actually (laughs) well no but i mean from all the stuff that i have researched net i mean once you're dead you're dead 
you know, you don't come back and talk to your family and that. There's a um, thing called familiar spirits where they have seances and stuff, and they they act like a friend or a family member, but they're really not your fam friend or family member. They're basically a deceiving spirit. And uh, but I mean, it's I guess it's whatever you want it to be uh, because there's really no proof. Um, you know, and, and what these are, if they're actually, say, somebody you know, or a friend, family member, or if they're just something that's trying to deceive you into making you do something stupid. But you believe that if if ghosts or the paranormal do exist, then they must be evil? They have to be evil? Well, I don't... Well, I would say yes, because all of... That's sad. The deme- demonic, that is... I mean, they... Yeah, I don't know. I, I would say hmm. yes. I don't. I don't think there's a good ghost. I mean, all the shows I've seen, you know that you know the ghost shows they, you know they either possessed somebody, um, or they did horrible things to family members and stuff like that. It's, um, I don't ever remember seeing any anything good. What do you think, Heather? I think they're real and they're not all bad. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you about our experience. Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. Let's tell some ghost stories. Yeah. No, uh, shortly after our, I forget how old she was. I think she was 13. 13 13-year-old Dachshund passed away, our family's dog. And uh, shortly after that, we got two new little Dachshund puppies because we couldn't stand the house being so quiet. Well, you know, at different, you know, different times, different days or whatever, the dogs would just look at one spot in the house or different spots, just stare at the wall or up high or something, and they would just stare. I've had dogs do that. And bark or something. And we could have sworn it was our, the ghost of our past dog that passed away. Hmm. So, and, uh, yeah, we would take pictures and stuff whenever they would look at these spots, and we'd always get these weird, like, uh, weird spots on orbs the, like orbs yeah huh. and we could have sworn one of them looked like the so face of a dachshund picture? yeah dude that's paranormal yeah we could have sworn there was a dachshund's face in one of the orbs Orbs and rods yeah it was yeah you know what i'm talking about bill orbs and rods so um often i've heard of rods but it's probably different than what you're talking about is oftentimes if you photograph um they're like a area, it was with thing. a digital camera too, yeah if so you photograph like, an area that's yeah. perceived to be haunted or whatnot um, in the photo, sometimes orbs will show up, which is what it sounds like. It's like a floating orb yeah. right. or a rod, and it's uh, it's energy. And um, it's energy that doesn't exist outside of that area. And uh, we are all energy. And uh, if a ghost did exist, it would be in the form of energy. Yeah. And so it's being caught in a photograph. It's Because well, uh, we had dogs that, like when I lived in Belleville, you know, it was a two-story house, but our dogs would sometimes sit at the bottom of the steps because the kid's bedroom was upstairs. And they would sit there and they would just like look up at you know like look upstairs you know like nobody was home but me you know and they would just be looking upstairs like they were looking at something and uh and i know remember my dogs would not go down in the basement they refused i had to drag them we had a tornado siren so i tried dragging the dogs down there they flat out refused to go in the basement Hmm. Hmm. and there there was a a lady that did die in that house um the landlord's <laughs> first wife i think died in that house um but i never well no i take that bet sometimes i would hear music it was like a sounded like there was a radio on in the house like i could almost pick out what kind of music it was but then when i would start to listen to it really close 
it would go away. Hmm. It was just like one of those faint things, but it sounded like, and you know, when I go outside, and there's no music or nothing. And again, you know, it'd be like when nobody's at home and stuff like that. But so I've had kid, weird, weird stuff like that happen. When I was a kid, I used to, uh, I used to see like at night, I would wake up a lot of times and there was always like this super tall woman standing in my doorway and I would see her all the time. And I remember one time she like walked into my room and, uh, like kind of peeked out the window and then leaned down and kissed me on the head. Super weird. I used to see her as kind of like a recurring thing. So here's my thought on ghosts or paranormal. And this is a very broad topic, so it's really kind of hard to debate. But So we'll just stick to like ghosts rather than like poltergeists and whatnot. Mm. And um, I don't know what that was. (laughs) It's a ghost. It's probably the bamboo. No, it's probably somebody. sounds like somebody pumping a spray bottle. I think it's a ghost. So anyway, um, and I kind of heard this theory. So, well, I'm going to digress for a minute and it'll come full circle. But um, the whole theory of parallel universes. So, um, you know, there's a lot of theories that relate to parallel universes. But basically, any possible combination of anything that can happen is happening simultaneously at any given time. Avengers Endgame. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, like there's like a universe where we're doing this. There's another one where this is happening, but I'm sitting like one inch to the left. There's another universe where I'm doing this and Bill's actually drinking some whiskey, you know? <laughs> and uh, so anyway, an infinite number of possibilities. Well, these parallel universes sometimes bump into each other. And um, the theory of the ghost is that as these universes like bump or touch, what we see as a ghost is really just somebody else that's in this other universe. And we kind of... Oh, that's cool. As, as it bumps, you know, it's like visually it kind of crosses just for a second so it's like oh shit it's a ghost and they're seeing the same thing and they're like oh my god it's a ghost and really it's just two people (laughs) trying to go about their life and they're like oh my god and they create this entirely like fictitious situation of ghosts and then you know you've got people that i guess can master like walking between these universes and whatnot so that's an interesting theory yeah i don't know what you think about that do you believe in parallel universes bill um not multiverse not really so much of that but i do believe in uh you should watch. I mean, it would probably be similar, but like <laughs> she's coughing, like oh, yeah. porthole portals, portholes, <laughs> not like on a submarine, but a portal. Yeah, you know, like from one dimension to the next. So Wormhole. I guess it would be kind of similar to. Well, but wormholes could just transport you around the said universe. You, I suppose it yeah. could transport you. You should watch. Universe. Well, that into sh- another universe. You should watch the show His Dark Materials and HBO. It's exactly. It's all about parallel universes and traveling between them. Yeah. Yeah, the first season doesn't go into that so much, but the second What's season it called? is it's called His Dark Materials. His Dark Materials. Do you remember the movie called The Golden Compass? I don't know. No. Okay. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a it's a, a take on religion and multiple universes and stuff and huh. traveling between them. It's like it's like there's like uh, each universe is like a different thread and you can like cut between them and you get like windows in the air that you can travel through and it's a really good show. Interesting. It's kind of dark, but it's okay. So, anyway, so that's a theory, um, you know, of of what we perceive to be as ghosts. Um, you know, there's, uh, God, there's theories galore on ghosts. I was, um, or I am currently reading a book called Sea Stories. It's written by uh, Admiral McRaven. He's a retired uh, Navy admiral, um, highest-ranking Navy SEAL officer of all time and whatnot. And in this particular book, each chapter is just a story of his career. And it starts all the way back from boot camp up until, you know, he retires. And one of the stories, they had to, they, him and a SEAL team, um, they had to go somewhere, I believe it was in South America. There was um, a plane that had wrecked during, like, World War II or whatnot, and it had finally been located, and um, it was wrecked up in the mountains, and 
the president at the time wanted to send a team in there to try to recover some remains. And the reason they chose a SEAL team, not because we needed a spec ops, a spec ops team necessarily, but we needed somebody that could navigate this type of terrain. And uh, the plane had crashed in a lake on top of the mountain. So not only did we need someone that could scale this mountain, um, but they had to be able to dive like X amount of feet down at a high altitude. And it was just something that your average human couldn't do. Yeah. So the SEAL team goes up there, they get airdropped in and, you know, they hike up to like this peak right on the top side of this um, lake. And there's literally no room. They're camping on a spot probably smaller than this office. And uh, according to his story, that night they, uh, they witnessed like ghosts up there. Um, and they ended up finding the plane and finding the remains and, uh, they had to go down like under some ice and stuff and like stuff's collapsing and it's all scary and stuff. And when they pulled the remains out, he said that they got back out and they're on the peak of that mountain and they saw all these white lights just go like firing off into the air from the lake. And, uh, you know, they, he believed that it was like the souls of these men that had been trapped, you know, in this frozen lake all this time from world war two. And now they were free. Yeah. It was kind of wild. And, uh, it's like. Why would that guy put this in this book if he was making it up? So I, yeah. I believe his experience was genuine. Now, yeah. what was it? You know, was it a ghost? Was uh, was it just the altitude getting to him? Who knows? Yeah. Was it LSD? I don't know. There's, <laughs> yeah, ayahuasca. Yeah, I, yeah. Ooh, man, there's you something we should those? talk about sometime. You do that? Do I want to do ayahuasca? Yeah. You know, there was a time in my life I would have been all about that. Well, but, yeah. uh, I have no idea what that is. So... It's... It's DMT, uh, it's dimethyltryptamine. intense. But, well, what makes ayahuasca different is not only do you take the DMT, but you take it with um, an MAOI. So it, in, it inhibits your body's ability to break down DMT. So you, you, you uh, we're going to talk for about a this. Long I time. fucking love talking about DMT. Yeah. So DMT is, um, they call it the spirit molecule, and it's yeah. a chemical that exists in anything that's alive, literally anything. You have it in your brain. It's what makes you dream at night. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you um, smoke DMT, you're basically inducing a dream while you're awake. Oh, it's no. Wild. Yeah. That sounds like, that's no, well, the thing is you could do stuff and you wouldn't know what you're well, doing. Well, it's very short-lived, though. So yeah. when you use DMT, you're talking it lasts 10 minutes, then your body breaks it down naturally. See, I've never experienced any of that when I did it. I will not, neither confirm nor deny. But uh, <laughs> I anyway. think my body breaks it down quicker than. Well, yeah, everybody's big... body breaks it down because your body produces. Yeah, it. but I think my body breaks it down before it has a chance to do, you know. Well, any of the psychoactive things. It's produced by the pineal gland, which is your third eye. Yeah. So, and you're getting into a whole like psychedelic aspect of your and brain. The pineal there. gland is one of the things that the. Uh, satanic ritual harvest out of your body really yeah interesting basically children so ayahuasca so we're not going to go there it's dark (laughs) yeah ayahuasca is very commonly used by like south american tribes and whatnot what they do is they extract the dmt from i forget what they use type of vine or something yeah and then they um they get an ma maoi an mao inhibitor out of another plant mix them together they smoke it and instead of the DMT trip lasting 10 minutes, it lasts like two days. Oh, and it's no. like super intense and you vomit and Ugh, diarrhea. That doesn't yeah, you, sound like you, fun then. Your body no. completely purges. Well, I mean, once you evacuate, but the whole idea, you're like, it's the most spiritual experience you'll ever have. Apparently. That's what I've heard. And there's like tourists that'll go down there to do this. And you got to go like deep into the jungle to like really yeah. find it. And, uh. Mm-mm. A lot of tribes won't give it to you. Now there, are, there was like a commercialized part of this where you can go down there and they'll like you pay to bake do it. it. Well, we watched that video in Tinley. You remember that about ayahuasca? Did you watch that with me? I don't know if that was because they, they we started... seen the one where they did the they, where they the, used the, the black monkey types. frogs. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, because he started with that. So he met up with some tribe and they excreted the toxins from the tree frog and yeah. <laughs> he smoked that and they started like oh, no, shitting it, their guts yeah, out. Yeah, they were showing, they were puking and crap. Then everywhere. they did it where they burned the holes in their skin with and a put cigar. the poison in the skin. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, man, ayahuasca, I, I'm good on that. You can do that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm too weak. I have never had a bad experience, but I don't, I mean, there's always that chance. I'm super interested in the whole, um, man, we're going to have to dedicate an episode to this sometime. I yeah, love talking I about am, psychedelics. I mean, that's, okay. I mean, <laughs> I haven't done it in many, many years, but that was one of my favorite things what, to do. DMT? We'll no, put LSD. A, we'll, oh, put LSD. A, we'll put a disclaimer, don't try this at home. Yeah, we're not try. encouraging the use of this We will stuff. call that episode, uh bill's history <laughs> the history of bill <laughs> no, fox yeah that's not nice what well, can't the, kill bill the uh <laughs> what bill has tried and survived yeah mescaline was uh Mm-mm. yeah screw that, that was so like anyway eight, 18 hours um could it have been dmt that made him see those lights who knows but uh i can't believe well that or al- altitude like you said if lack of oxygen and whatever or you you get altitude sickness and stuff and you start having like really bad headaches or it was and, a ghost could be yeah. Got him in a ghost. All right. I do believe in that energy and stuff because, um, you know, whether it's good energy, you know, good energy or dark energy, it's. Well, so I'll leave know. you with this then. So, this is a law of physics, but energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Right. So we are energy. When we die, that energy has to go somewhere. Well, it's released yeah. into the atmosphere, I suppose. But, yeah, I mean, but why could it not stay together somehow, some way? I don't know can't create it nor destroy it there's a finite amount yep all right so uh thank god we solved that mystery yes. we now know whether or not ghosts are real right via dimethyltryptamine heather let's wrap this up what do you got for us all right so we got a christmas theme game this is our christmas favorites ah all right all right first question is what is your favorite christmas movie <laughs> you want to go first yeah go christmas story yeah, the BB gun. Yep, Christmas story. It has yep. to be Christmas story. Oh, I love that movie so it's a much. Classic. I, I got a BB gun one time when I was a kid. Like it was, just, it's like oh my gosh. Heather's is diehard. No, mine is. <laughs> I really like Home Alone. Chelsea, what's your favorite Christmas story? Chelsea's in the room, ladies and gentlemen. No, I have to go diehard. Really, I was I being told, a smartass. Just the Christmas movie that counts. <laughs> so Home Alone. Yeah, Christmas story though. I got my Christmas first story was more. It, it was like an actual Christmas story, like a real story, like something like this actually happened to this guy when he was growing up. The triple dog dare. Yeah, because this <laughs> that was about ten years before my time, I guess. Because I think that one happened like in the fifties. Yeah, I don't know. So I would be like, you know, because I grew up like in, mainly in the sixties and seventies, but um, <laughs> say like later sixties. But when I was growing up, I mean, the Vietnam War was going on. You could see that on TV. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, then a lot of the other things that were going on in, in the late 60s that were pretty negative. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, this is a tough one. What was the best Christmas present you ever received? Oh, man. Damn. <laughs> Do you know yours? I, I don't think so. I have a few. Yeah, let's hear them. And you won't even know what it is. Yeah? They were toys. One was a Wordly Bird. <laughs> it was like a... We have some listeners that might be able to relate to this, Bill. Well, Maybe. it was like a helicopter, and you could control it. And it was on like a pole, so you couldn't just fly it around the room. Yeah. 
but you could like hover it and stuff. And then there was another one called Sizzlers. It was kind of like it was kind of like Hot Wheels, but they were um, you would charge them up like with a battery, and then they would fly around the track and stuff. Um, and then you know, a few guns I got when I was younger for Christmas. I got a 20 gauge shotgun when I was like 10. Um, <laughs> oh, how the times have changed! Yeah, here you go, son. You know, I mean, I couldn't just take it out and shoot it whenever I wanted to. I was, you know, yeah. They released me to do that when I was about 12. <laughs> I remember uh, different different times. I mean, the kids were a little bit more responsible oh, yeah. back then. I got a BB gun for Christmas, and we I could go shoot it whenever I wanted. Yeah. Stephanie got me one of those uh, several years ago. This was a really cool gift. It was a uh, like a helium like fish and you could like fly it around i remember like, that. that that was, was cool freaking neat yes I she got awesome. me that year it was uh was in it the early the, days of tie-dye was it a nemo fish or was it the shark <sighs> i think it might have been the shark okay actually. i don't really remember because it ended up popping or something i remember it no it was it was did really i bring cool. it up here yeah yeah no it was really cool it was really you cool. don't you don't have one heather that you can think of and then know. you had the helicopters I, that i still have those in that i remember yeah. i remember when we were little me and my brother we got a super nintendo for christmas and we thought that was the best thing yeah we got an nes back when we were kids and that was we legit. skipped the nes we started with atari and oh, then we went, the atari snobby over there no the atari we had an atari the atari was our first and then we didn't get anything new until the the super nintendo yeah so. super <laughs> i got a pong for yeah. christmas that was the first where you play like tennis i remember pong we played on the atari the shoot, <laughs> and then you shoot the gun for the target practice and stuff like that it was oh. like mid-70s all right, so what is your favorite type of Christmas cookie? Hmm. My mom used to cook the hell out of some Christmas cookies, and there was one I really liked. She called it a crab. <laughs> crab. I don't know what the hell it was. It had, like, minced meat in it, and um, I don't know. It was freaking good. So yeah. I'm going to stick with that. I'll call them crabs. I just don't know what the hell they actually are. They're not real crabs, obviously. Soft-shell crabs. There I'm going to go with my mom's sugar cookies that she makes every year with the sprinkles on top yeah i helped her make them this year what about you bill um i don't know really a specific one i mean oatmeal raisin i got those pretty much throughout the year but i got those on (laughs) christmas as well um i don't know man those cookies that i just ate the uh red velvet cake gooey something yeah those were pretty good merry christmas yeah (laughs) there's your christmas cookie all right uh, yeah. The, the uh, last question that we're going to do is, I think I know Matt's answer to this question, but what is your favorite Christmas TV special? What do you think it is? It's the uh, the Claymation Christmas, or maybe Charlie Ooh, Brown. Yeah, I would go with both of those. Claymation is legit. California Raisins. Yeah, that was awesome. I remember some Claymation, but I can't remember which ones they were. Um, There's only one Claymation Christmas special. <laughs> Okay, there was well, then one. I don't remember. There that. was. There was yeah. only one. What's um, your favorite TV special, Bill? It would have to be either The Grinch, Rudolph, or Charlie Brown. Rudolph Christmas. is a classic. Okay, yeah. I'll tell you what my favorite one is. You probably don't know it, but it's uh, pretty old. It's called Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> I've know. heard of it. Yes, I've heard of it. <laughs> it's made by the same people that made uh, the stop-motion uh, Rudolph. It's also stop-motion. So yeah. if anybody in this world would like something called that, it would be Heather. That Nestor name sounds very it, familiar. It, the, mu- the songs, and it's sad because the donkey's mom dies, and it's so sad. But it's such a good it's story. It's like Christmas Bambi. 
There was it's about called... the, the donkey that Mary rode on to Bethlehem. Yeah. Give... I've never yeah. heard of it. There was another one called Rodney the uh, Rodney the Reindeer. Yeah? Yeah, it was kind of offshoot from Rudolph. I want to be a dentist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was made by the Rankin Bass uh, Company that did hmm. uh, Rudolph and uh, The Day Without Santa Claus or whatever and all that the stuff. The Day Without Santa Claus? It, or, the or The Year Without Santa Claus, I think it's called. It's got the... the yeah. I don't know. I All like right. the old old cartoons. Oh yeah, yeah. they don't make them like they used to. Yeah. Now it's like Barbie Christmas and Ugh. yeah, Barbie. So, I guess that is gonna wrap up this uh, this week's episode of the podcast. Do y'all have any holiday message you would like to send to our listeners? Huh? Merry Christmas. Are Dad? you celebrating Christmas, Bill? No. Really? Mm. No. What are you celebrating? I'm I'm not. I'm just I'm gonna. <laughs> You're just going to sleep in, Bill? Well, probably a little bit, but it's just... Bill needs a dog. I, uh... It's kind of a weird time of the year for me, but, um... Oh, maybe we shouldn't get into this. <laughs> yeah. Bill's not sell- if anybody wants no, to I'm hook fine. Bill up... No, I'm fine. Bring him something tomorrow. His, uh... Bill's favorite Christmas gift would be a bottle of Southern Comfort. <laughs> and if he no. can't drink it, he'll give it to me. I will give it to you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll take some Southern Comfort. Um... Yeah, we're celebrating with the family. So family will come over. We'll do Christmas at my mother-in-law's house tomorrow night. And then uh, Christmas with the family at our place on Christmas. And then I'll come up here on Christmas to water rats and spray chameleons and feed bearded dragons and throw away trash in the dumpster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's about it. So, all right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, we will wrap up episode 21 of TDI Live. Again, if you are listening to this, it is Christmas Day. So... Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, or Happy Hump Day. Um, Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. I'm Matt. And I'm Bill. And I'm Heather. And you just listened to Tie-Dyed Iguana's podcast, TDI Live. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to Tie-Dyed Iguana's podcast, TDI Live. And don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thetdi.com. We won't go until we get some. We won't go.